You're vibing it, Jazz? Yeah, I am. You <laughs> say you are, but you never really dance to it. Come on, please. You're not dancing. <laughs> I don't dance. Maybe that's why you're single. <laughs> Maybe. Well, welcome everybody to Lunch Out Loud. My name is Simo and I'm here with Jazz. This is a uh, podcast that we do around about once a week. We've had a little bit of a hiatus as I went and picked up a brand new puppy dog. We'll talk about that more later. But today, Jazz has got an interesting topic for us. Yeah. She's had enough. She's sick and tired of it. <laughs> I feel like we should re- rename this. It's not Lunch Out Loud pos- podcast. It's Jazz's Angry Podcast. <laughs> We get, we get together once a week. We do a bit of discipleship together. It's a part of the Simmer Hoffman podcast channel. Thank you for tuning in. You might be listening to this for the first time. I do recommend you go back and listen to some more of Angry Jazz. It is quite fun. <laughs> but uh, this is our way of doing a little bit of the discipleship. We nut out some serious issues and, and try and work out how do we be Christians in this day and age with so many different things around us in the world that vie for our attention. How do we make sure... That in the real world practical sense, we can make sure that Jesus is included in it. Jazz did want me to ask a question before we started. <laughs> and I no, do wonder. I didn't. <laughs> Are you single because you don't dance, Jazz? Come on. <laughs> Just move your head a little bit. Let those Latina jeans out. Wait, Come on. But- Okay, in counter to your question, are you married because you do dance? Yes, yeah, I am. Yes, I am. I don't think that's why. <laughs> that's, that's what attracted, like Lisa attracted to me. Right? That's, she saw me dance and she's like, man, you know what? He can dance like that. Mm, he can dance his way into my heart. <laughs> <laughs> and I did. That's definitely not true. Definitely is. <laughs> um, well, I have a lot of counter... Accusations against that, but I'm not sure if that's using our time wisely. Okay, Jazz. Well, you did have an interesting topic. You sent me the idea of what you wanted to talk about. Yeah. Which I thought was really compelling, but I did want to kind of ask you where it's come from and and what it is we're talking about. So before we do that, Mm -hmm. why don't you launch us off? Why don't you tell us what it is that you is annoying you, frustrating you, Yeah, that's better wording than saying angry. Angry. Making you angry, Jazz. No, I don't like that word. But anyway, um, <laughs> what <laughs> makes me angry when you use that word? <laughs> <laughs> Why does that not surprise me? <laughs> Jazz um, like the smiling assassin though, because when she gets angry, she smiles. Have you ever seen Jazz smiling? She's angry at you. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I don't dance. <laughs> I've never been compelled to that level of anger. <laughs> oh, my mission is to make you so angry that you dance then. <laughs> Um, okay, so topic for today is, oh my gosh, conspiracy theories. Conspiracy theories. What What do you mean by conspiracy theories? Because you sent it to me and at mm-hmm. first I was excited mm-hmm. okay, at the concept. When I used, like, I've loved conspiracy theories for ages. Mm. But when I think of conspiracy theory, I think of like, oh, the man didn't walk on the moon. Ha ha. Funny, like, alternate universe. Sure. Not the whole, oh, the government is all run by lizard people who... Who are are eating babies in a pizza shop? Yes. And I'm like, whoa, okay. And I think the thing that, you know, definitely that's frustrating. I'm just like, what what are you guys doing? Like spending your time talking about these things, which are like, I don't know, they could be true, but Mm. they're probably not true. But then you know what is true? 
the poverty we're seeing in our in our children. Oh, so this See? is what this is about. Why are we spending so much time on conspiracy theories when there are real issues to face? Is that Not what it's about? Quite. Um, but then also just I'm What confused. if poverty is a conspiracy theory? <gasps> Gosh. <laughs> um, but I'm also, I guess, confused by the fact that there are people who are very solid in their faith, good, like, you know, they're not people, I don't know. And it's just like what you're saying right now is, I believe, totally conflicting to biblical truths. And I guess <clears> the <throat> thing yeah. that I'm just really confused about is how are people being led astray by things that are so blatantly not biblical? Not in the Bible, but then suddenly they're putting you, it in the Bible. Is For that example, seriously your question? Because it's a pretty obvious answer. Well, I guess like I if we can go through other questions as well, that'd be good. But I guess the biggest thing that like was a red flag for me out of this is the fact that people are going around saying that the COVID vaccine is the mark of the beast. And I'm like, <laughs> from everything that I learned growing up, yeah, because I've been in church a long time, I grew up on it, everything that we were taught, None of it aligns with the COVID vaccine yeah. being the mark of the beast. And I'm like, how are people, are they not reading their Bibles? Am I misinterpreting something? Are they misinterpreting something? Like, what is going on that people would literally think that? And then also, like, I'm always well, reminded. So yeah, keep going, keep going. Listen, hit all the questions and then we can start okay. getting into this. I'm always reminded that when in the Bible, in Luke, oh, I can't remember exactly the exact one right now. I think maybe Luke 14 mm. or 11. One of them. Um, how Jesus literally says, you will hear rumors, you'll hear about wars and rumors of war. Sure. There will be tsunamis, there'll be poverty, there'll be pandemics, there'll be all these things, but still I will not come, like my time is not coming. And then you'll hear this as well and you, you'll hear about all of these things that are happening mm. in the world. And, and it's like Jesus literally told us. Uh, but I hear people saying, oh yeah, no, he's coming like, you know, in the next two years. And I'm like, no, you can't. You can't sit there and say that, oh, Jesus is coming the next two years because, number one, he said that no one would know when he came. And number two, he literally told us that even when these things happen, still he isn't going to come. So are people just ignoring this part of the Bible? Have I found a niche aspect, like a niche scripture in the Bible that no one else reads <laughs> and I'm the only one? Am I remembering something from my childhood that is wrong or, is it, or, or, is, or are other people wrong? Anyway, so this is all the things I'm just like... I'm not seeing the connection between all of these things of like, oh, there's a big conspiracy theory and the faith and the hope and the trust we're actually meant to have in Christ. Mm. We're meant to be living in peace. We're meant to be, yeah, trusting him to come. And then, okay, here's another one that comes in there as well. Jesus literally said, you will be persecuted by civil and religious authorities. Don't worry about it. When you get dragged before the courts, don't even bother having your... <laughs> I, I can't, I can't even remember the first three minutes of what you said now. <laughs> uh, Jesus literally said, like, you know, don't even be worried about your own defense because I'll give you the right words. Yeah. And your defense is like your opportunity, like you coming before courts is not even an opportunity for you to defend yourself. It's an opportunity for you to preach my gospel yeah. to them. And so I'm seeing all these things going on, like, oh, we're being persecuted. Oh, the mark of the beast. Oh, this, all that. And I'm like, why is everyone in such a tizzy over these Conspiracy theories when it's actually not something we need to be worried about. Now that I hear what this is about, I am genuinely so excited for this conversation <laughs> Great, today. Great, yes. Because I, I, like, I, I think that there's so – well, for a start, there's so much in what you said. And by the way, if you all want to know how angry Jazz was, I would say that pretty clearly you were dancing just then. The way your arms were flailing around just then, 
If I put music to it and then filmed it, <laughs> people would think you were dancing, if we're being honest. If we're being honest here. There we go. That's what got me over the edge. I knew it. I knew we'd get you there eventually. Okay, so where do we want to start with this, Jazz? Because you've just you've you've mm. thrown out a whole bunch of stuff there. My question is, A, I, why you why do you seem so surprised by this? Like it, to me, it, it actually makes sense. Because my question is, mm-hmm. do you think that Christians are more susceptible to conspiracy theories? No. Really? I don't think we are because there's a lot of people who aren't Christians who are also. But because I have a lot of friends who are Christians, maybe that's why I'm seeing it so much. Oh, I think Christians are more susceptible to conspiracy theories and I'll okay. explain my reasoning why. Uh-huh. The whole basis of what we <laughs> do is 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 faith, mm-hmm. Right. And because it's a faith-based whole belief system, or belief is faith anyway, right? Mm-hmm. Or a faith is required for you to believe that mm-hmm. Jesus is who he says he is, all of those certain elements mm-hmm. to it. I think that, that we're already so um, aware of the need for faith. And and in a lot of ways, you've got to remember that when – not you've got to remember, that sounds very um, mm-hmm. – uh, whatever, it sounds, doesn't sound right. But when Jesus was first raised from the dead – Mm-hmm. that was turned into a conspiracy theory. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So right from the very basis, right from the very start mm-hmm. of our faith system, it's been you've got to believe that this conspiracy theory <coughs> is actually mm-hmm. real. So that's why I think sometimes Christians can be more susceptible mm-hmm. if they lack a knowledge of the word of God and, and what the Holy Spirit is saying. Because sometimes people rely on the Holy Spirit without having the word of God. Mm-hmm. And that's like trying to have a drink of water out of your hands mm-hmm. rather than realising that you can have it in a bowl, a, a bottle or a cup or a bowl or whatever it mm-hmm. may be. Does that make sense? Yeah, because I think that, um, you know, we get encouraged so much in Scripture to like seek out the truth. Yeah. Um, don't listen to like the world in, in its own wisdom is foolish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... I guess that might kind of make people go, well, then if the world's saying this, then this alternative thing is probably the right thing. Yeah. Um, or like, oh, I'm seeking out the truth. So then they end up like two hours later on YouTube watching some random persons about something that, oh, oh, that makes, that that sounds like it makes well, sense. Well, this is half the issue is sometimes people who are falling into these conspiracy theories uh, is that they – they spend more time researching the conspiracy theories than they do reading what the Word of God actually says. So mm-hmm. when you say, why is it that they don't seem to be reading the Word of God, they don't seem to, it doesn't seem to be lining up with the Word of God. It's pretty simple because that, that we have an uh, epidemic of Christians not reading their Bible within a Western church context. And yeah. so where you're finding people are susceptible to these conspiracy theories, don't forget, just like you said, there's going to be whispers of rumours. I don't know why you're surprised because the same scripture that you're getting that from tells you that people are going to fall for mm. all of these false truths and yeah. false teachers and yeah. conspiracy theories. Yeah. I guess I'm not surprised. Well, I don't know. Maybe I am. I think maybe what's surprising is the people who I'm seeing. Well, maybe your question I'm needs like, to be <gasps> not why, but how do we help our brothers and sisters? How do you help somebody who's caught in the conspiracy theories? Mm. Is yeah. that what you really want to know or do you just want to go, don't do it, you big idiots? <laughs> um, no, I, I do I do like to help people. Hey, do you? <laughs> hey, this is like, you know what? What you've just said here is actually not correct. Mm. Here, here's actually where that reference or here's a place that you can be getting your answer from instead of this 
Random person on right. YouTube. So how do you do it? So you've got a master's. You you actually um you've released and started authoring a a weekly weekly newsletter fortnightly fortnightly. Yep. That's what I said. Um, <laughs> we can listen back later on. Don't worry about it. Trust me, I said fortnightly. <laughs> so you you've authored this fortnightly newsletter to be able to give people some greater awareness. Would mm-hmm. you say mm-hmm. of some social justice issues that are existing here mm-hmm. in Australia? Yeah. Um, you've also got a master's in human rights. Masters in Human Rights, mm-hmm. um, which means that you you had to do a fair amount of study and, and be able to fact check, be able to do some legitimate research. So my my question to you is, how do you how do you do that? Like wh- like so, say for instance, somebody listening to this gets finds himself potentially caught into some conspiracy theories. Mm-hmm. How do they get themselves out of it? How do they start to fact check mm-hmm. what they're what they're reading? without thinking that the facts that are alternative to their thinking mm. is, in fact, part of the conspiracy? Mm. Um, usually what I'll do is I'll just... Um, okay, so when you're doing research and any kind of search engine, um, you have to pick keywords. So what I'll do is I'll pick out... This is, like, really practically how I do this. I'll pick out keywords that are quite um, neutral. Mm. So it won't be, like... I don't know, black deaths in custody. It would just be like deaths in custody. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll go for a neutral one and then I'll search for the um, like for the two sides. So then I'll go through and, okay, search black deaths in custody and then I might go through and search white deaths in custody because often the argument you hear about deaths in custody is a lot of people, um, yeah, there's, yeah, the fact that there's a lot of Indigenous people who die in custody. Mm. Um, but then a lot of people will counter that and say, well, the same amount of white people die or like more people die. So that's what I'll do to kind of get an idea of like, okay, what's the information that's out there? And what's really interesting with this, if you're doing it on Google, is the first page of information that pops up is generally the most popular, which means that is what anybody who has even a little bit of Google access is going to find. So you're finding information on those pages of like that's the most, I guess, the most popular information that's out there. It's actually and not even the most popular, by well, the way. Yeah. It's actually manipulated. Yeah, you know. I, like companies are paid to do what's called SEOs, so mm-hmm. search engine optimizers. Yeah. So they'll intentionally put SEOs onto their website mm-hmm. to optimize the likelihood of you coming yeah. to their website. But then that does make it the most popular one access because sure. it's the first or second one sure. there. So it's the one that most people have access to. Okay, uh, question, subsidiary question. Mm-hmm. How do you avoid the algorithms that Google use to say, based on Jazz's search history, based on what she's looked at on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, we know that when she's typing this in, ultimately this is what she's looking for. We know that this particular person of this particular age in this particular area is searching for this. How do you avoid that? Um, I think just like the fact that I'm doing the very specific opposite searches as well. And I do try and connect with or follow people who are quite opposite in my thinking. Um, and then I go past the first page. Like I'll go down to page 10 or 11 or 12, just like trawling through them all, opening them, seeing what's there. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it takes a long time to go through all of this. Um, but then the other thing I do is, especially if it's something to do with faith or maybe like it, for example, Mark of the Beast. Mm. Um, I'll do the same thing where I'll pick, or I'll, but I'll add in like scripture mm. and Bible, like mm. in those little keywords. And then I'll look at things other than Pentecostal, um, yeah, other than Pentecostal finds. I'll look in the Catholics, 
I'll look in the Baptist, like anything that pops up and says, oh, this is from, like you look at the um, website name and like, oh, maybe this is like, oh, Catholic Youth or Baptist Today, those kind of things. Um, So you have a look there and you look outside of what you already know. Because I think a lot of the issue is a lot of people will just stick to what they know and then it becomes an echo chamber of, well, this is what I heard, this is what everyone's saying and it does you, you don't get out of like, yeah, hearing what your opinion is, but then you just keep finding more and more things that convince you that you're right yeah. instead of actually getting outside of that. And then if you're finding something that is in agreement between all these different denominations, then it's probably what's right. Right, like right, If right, there's right. that many denominations all agreeing on the same thing and saying the same thing, then you're like, okay, this is what looks like to be the truth because mm. there's so many people from so many di- different influences um, and with so many different understandings and cultural backgrounds and religious backgrounds that are all saying, well, actually, the Bible doesn't talk about that in this way. Um, do, so you, yeah. do you look at then some like old commentaries and theologians as well? Yeah, so I'll try to see what, what has like sort of tested the, the time as well, lasted the test of time. Yeah, I love going through commentaries, especially like commentaries on like King James. Okay. Like that, I always find them really interesting. So that's interesting. biblical, but we're talking about mainly conspiracy theories here. So yep. you were talking there about the mark of the beast. You said mm-hmm. then, as well, one of the things you do is you follow some people who hold some opposite views to mm-hmm. you. So who are some of those Some of those people that you have read that hold maybe some opposite views to you um, or you continue to follow? Uh, Maybe I don't follow them, but I'll check in with them periodically. Okay, why don't you follow them? Oh, it just makes me upset sometimes to see some of the things they say, and I'm like, uh, I don't want to see that every day. Okay, but even if then, how when you say you check in with them periodically, do you make sure that you're making that a habit? Yeah, I try to. Um, like, yeah, it, just every now and then hop onto like okay. their Facebook or their website. So, so who are some of those? Um, Candace Owen is one. Yeah, Candace Owens. Um. Oh, there's this guy Owen Strawn. I think is how you say his last name. So I'll pop onto his Twitter every now and then. Okay. He's a evangelical from the US. Um. Even going onto the Trump pages. Okay. I'm not sure that you can get onto too many anymore. Um. But looking in, the, checking in with the Trumps. Um. Yeah. Oh, now that you ask me. Oh. <laughs> I'm thinking of a few Christian pastors now from Australia and I'm like, oh. That's okay. You can name them because it's okay to have differing opinions. Yeah, okay. Um, James McPherson is yep. one that I'll pop in and I'll be like, mm, what are you up to, babe? So to today? What about from a socialist point of view? Okay, because I would suggest that and we've mentioned this on the show that you're a, a moderate left-leaning <laughs> Christian um, yeah. if we're going to typecast it, which means that you hold conservative values to a certain degree. Mm-hmm. You also see that there's a um, that the Bible clearly talks about our need to engage within a social justice sphere, mm-hmm. which is what a lot of we do, do and talk about here is. Mm-hmm. Um, so who are the people from a social uh, justice or, or socialist point of view that you follow or conservatives that hold it in opposite view that you follow because i actually think this is a really important part of the Mm. way that we avoid avoid getting involved in conspiracy theories i also have some other suggestions but i'm interested to hear what you're doing about it um who do i follow i follow bernie sanders yeah right love his stuff he's very eloquent um also i saw again yesterday because i've seen it before there's literally pictures of him from like the 60s and 70s being like 
arrest, like protesting and being arrested mm. for the exact same things he's doing today. So I'm like, yeah, he's consistent. Mm. Um, who else? Oh, AOC. I follow her. Oh, who else do I follow? I can't think of anyone now that you've said it. Mm. A lot of, a lot of time they're not like big leaders. They're just like random people that I've okay. found, and I'm like, what about this the guys like Ben Shapiro, Jordan Peterson? Do you? Do oh, you I don't bother with them. Really? Why? Oh, cause, and I know this is going to sound a bit rude, but I grew up listening to white men so i'm kind of sick of listening to them yeah but see that i kind of already know a lot of what this okay but then i just knocked my drink bottle (laughs) off the bench um if you did hear that come through um then then would you be comfortable with them saying the same in reverse i'm i grew up hearing from brown girls i don't need to hear from another brown girl if they want to say it they can say would you feel would you feel that that's a completely okay statement or would you feel like that's a prejudice space statement no, I think it's okay. Oh, I can't offer I honestly it. do. You honestly believe that you'd be like, yeah, uh, that's fine. I wouldn't want you. So then why are you bothering with a newsletter? Because surely you would expect that most people are just going to go, no, we're tired of hearing from this jazz now. Well, they can opt out anytime they want. Yeah, but do, do you know what I'm saying? Like it's a counterintuitive argument to say, well, I, I listen to people who have an opposite view from me, but the people who have an opposite view from me that I don't really like and I don't want to hear from, I'm not going to listen to them. Like I'll check in with them. Those are That's actually two people that I do every now and then. Like, oh, I'll see what you're what you're saying today. But um, but yeah, when you I don't check know. in with them, mm. do you check in with them from a point of oh, that make me so angry, or do you check in with them and try and absorb what they're I saying? I try and absorb it, but by the end of it, I'm like, I'm sick of this. I'm gonna throw my phone in the toilet. Does it make toilet. you smile and dance? <laughs> does it get you that angry? I'll go for a run afterwards. <laughs> it makes me frustrated. <laughs> It does frustrate me. And like I'm not saying that I disregard the opinions and the advice of white men, but because I have grown up in a world that is like, you know, in literature, in, um, I don't know, like media, in even in theology, I've realised, oh, look at all of these people that I follow and I listen to and whose opinions I've already absorbed. It's usually this kind of person, so I'm trying to branch out a bit more. So it's not that I don't listen to them anymore. It's just that it's not the primary source I'm going to all the time anymore when I'm looking at things. But then that is to say that, hey, if you're someone who has consistently heard the opinions of, well, maybe you did grow up with brown women, well, then go out there. And if you want to get better informed, go out there and find people who are white, who are male, who are middle class, upper class, like. Look outside so, what you're already used to. Because I think this is where you and I would probably stand in a crossroads or a point of difference. And, and you and I have so much aligned <coughs> values and so many things. I just think it's how do you expect to engage somebody in a conversation if you're not willing to absorb what they're saying? You're not in a conversation. You're in an argument. An argument is desperate to share an opinion. A conversation mm-hmm. is, is, a, is a two-way um, uh, com- like a two-way sharing of ideas and thoughts, mm-hmm. okay? And not always is that going to lead to a shared value or a shared concept at the end. Mm-hmm. But that's the point of a conversation. And mm-hmm. surely surely, if you're promoting this concept and idea of the way to avoid being in conspiracy theories is to be able to truly understand the, the, the opposite thinking. And I'm mm-hmm. saying, how do you do that? How do you research it without getting caught in the algorithm bubble? For those who don't know, do a little bit of research because you're going to find that... that um, Google, Facebook, mm-hmm. all of the big techs, mm-hmm. use algorithms to be able to detect what you're most likely to engage mm. with. Their point is engagement. So to get a broader sense of what you're doing, you've got to mess with the algorithm, which is what you said you do. Or you go find books. Yes, but how do you find the books? From other people. 
Yeah, but where are you finding those other people? You're all, that's an like echo you, chamber. Maybe someone else. True, true. Um, I've definitely had people who've messaged me and be like, "Oh, you should read this book." I've also got a lot of friends that are quite right leaning, and they're always suggesting that I read books. Or if they if they argue with me about something, or not even argue, they just bring up a point. I always ask them, "What's your source? Yeah. Let me know where this is coming from," because this is not something that I did that today with someone. I posted about um the oh I posted oh just like a meme that i saw not a meme but like something on instagram you reposted something yes yeah i reposted something and i said if anyone knows about any white children who've had a gun pointed at them because this is a post about a hispanic child who'd or a latino child who had a gun pointed at him by a police officer i said if anyone else knows about any other stories but from like a white point of view please let me know yeah and someone did message and said to me Oh, there was a Harvard a Harvard study that said that the same amount of white people and non-white people get shot by police every year. And so I asked him, where did you get your information from? Because I've never seen anything like yeah, yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. Looked it up. He was actually wrong. But anyway, I found the Harvard I found the Harvard study which said that the same amount of black well, he wasn't wrong, I guess. The same amount of people, whether they're white or non-white, do get shot by police every year. But black and Latino people are fifty percent more likely to have any kind of any kind of police brutality against them. Okay. So they don't actually die, but they are fifty percent more likely to be brutalized by police. Sure. So anyway, so this. So they is, were like technically they're right. Yeah, yeah. technically. Um, but yeah, so like you know when people, I do hope, and if I don't, it's probably because I'm in a really bad mood. But I do hope when someone does come to me and say, "Hey, actually, I've got this alternate point of view," I usually do ask, "Hey, where did you get information from? Mm. Where can I find this?" Because it's not enough for me to tell people something. Correct. I like to have my references, but then... But also it's about the conversation. You're never going to change someone just by shouting an opinion. You've got to be able to generate a healthy and real conversation. And to do that, you need to understand where a person is coming from. The responsibility is on us as the communicator. Mm -hmm. And so whether it be me sharing with someone about what the gospel says or whether it be trying to empathize with somebody who's fallen down the trap of a conspiracy theory, mm-hmm. I've first got to understand where they're coming from so I can mm-hmm. walk them out of where they are nearer nearer to somewhere that's a bit more mm-hmm. um, sincere. So is it just is really a- arrogant of me to be sitting here going, I grew up in a really, really white community, so I already know where white people are coming Absolutely from. Absolutely, <laughs> yes. That's the hard thing is yeah. because if you're taking that position – yeah. You have to be willing to receive that position. Yeah. And I guess I do. And no, do none that. of us want that arrogant position returned to us. No. Because I think I do go, and now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, oh, yeah, this person who's white reacted to something I posted like this. Because when I was five years old, I saw someone else who was white from right. my community who had this issue reacting right. to this like this. So that must be where that's come from and not actually going, oh, maybe it's something different. And that's why I think it's actually really helpful to be able to follow and understand the perspective of people that we do disagree with. In fact, you and I were talking about someone. We were talking about, before we started this podcast, a book that both Jazz and I have been have been reading um, it's a book by Eric uh, Metaxas, mm. uh, and it's it's the it's the life story of Diedrich Bonhoeffer. Um, Eric Metaxas has come out recently, or really for a long time, and been a, quite a quite a solid Donald Trump supporter. Something that you and I would probably have. There's certain elements to think that Donald Trump did that was great. There's certain elements that we think that we both would agree that 
he was quite horrible in. And, and I, I would expect the same is going to be true with Joe Biden too. Mm. What I get frustrated with is when people have the inability to realise that both can be true at the same time. Mm-hmm. That Eric Metaxas can be able to go and write a book about Diedrich Bonhoeffer that can be magnificent mm-hmm. and he can have a dis- differing opinion on Trump that can also sometimes be informative. The question is not how dare he. The question is why does he? Yeah. And then we go the why does he, we can actually begin to have a healthier conversation. Yeah. Why does he believe that? Why does he think that? Let me just consume some of what he's saying and see how he formulated that opinion. Mm-hmm. Even from a religious point of view, me being a pastor, there are genuine times where I can understand why Mormons believe what they believe. Because there's certain scriptures that you go, oh, I can see where that fundamental belief is. There are times where I can see why um, Jehovah's Witnesses believe what they believe. There's all sorts of branches or, 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 or sects of Christianity where I can understand where they get it from. Yeah. If you get obsessed over one particular facet or one particular idea, you become narrow-visioned mm-hmm. and that becomes dangerous when we're wanting to help people see who God mm-hmm. is. Yeah. So what you're saying and like what I'm – like as I'm thinking through what would be the results of what you're saying. Because I've seen the whole, well, I'm right and you have to hear what I'm going to say and let's let's argue about this so we can find a winner and then we can all go on with that winner and have that answer. As opposed to, oh, why do you think that? Yes. Oh, tell me more. What's yes, going on? Like being genuine and authentic. Yeah, like in the first situation, I'm just imagining a really hostile environment. In the second one, I can literally imagine sitting down to like tea and scones with someone and having that conversation. Imagine you had two people who are saying the same question. Why do you? Yeah. Imagine what that fruit, the fruit of that conversation is mm-hmm. compared to the how dare you conversation. And I think that, that sometimes there's hypocrisy on both sides. And both sides of, of an argument can sometimes refuse to see the hypocrisy of the other person. Mm-hmm. When they're like, well, they don't listen, so we must fight like this. We must fight fire with fire. It's like, no. Why don't we start from a position of saying, why do you? And allowing ourselves to go, I can understand why you're saying that now. You, you're right about that thing. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't see that thing before. Mm-hmm. Now that I can see that and I can see that you're right about this thing and now that you can see where I'm coming from and you can see that I'm right about this thing, we're actually standing together and that's when you can create unity and we can create a better, what I would consider a better worldview. But what if they're not right? What, but what if they are right? This is one of the things I remember years ago. I remember telling you that I'd listened to, um, I started listening to, I think it's 612 or 1196 uh, AM radio station here in Australia. And it's a very conservative person. And they would mm-hmm. say things that would just frustrate me. I remember being so angry about it, driving to, to work every day and listening to this. And it'd take me like 20 minutes sometimes to calm down. And then I started to kind of go, wait a minute. I either need to prove them wrong or shut up and change my opinion. Because sometimes people can have more information because surely you want somebody to change their opinion when they're wrong about something. Mm. What if they're sitting there just refusing to even get to the point where they can hear you because they're too busy formulating their argument against you Mm -hmm. rather than going, wait a minute, what if what this person is saying is true? You cannot expect anyone to do that if you're not willing to do that yourself. Mm. If you're not willing to sit there and go, what if some of their perspective is right? What if I need to have my opinion changed? When we're doing that, we're opening ourselves up to an authentic conversation. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm saying. So when I listen to guys like Jordan Peterson, 
I'm not going and, and just shaking my fist in the air. I'm going, okay, I can see some perspective. I can see some truth in what he's saying. When I'm listening to somebody who's for abortion as opposed to against abortion, as hurtful as it is, you can be like, okay, I can see what you're saying. I can, I can see fundamentally if you've got that worldview where you're coming from. It's different to my view. Well, I can see where you're coming from. Where, now we can have a conversation. Is there ever a point, though, where you actually shouldn't be going, oh, yeah, I see where you're coming from? Because I don't know if, like, maybe it's just, like, an environment that I've seen. But, like, even with, like, the whole thing around apologetics. Apologetics, sure. I remember being taught, 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 um, like, growing up and then in my 20s as well that – a good Christian needs to know apologetics because then we can we can win them over with the facts. We can win them over with the truth. And I've always felt that was kind of off. I was like, no, you don't win people over with truth. You win people over with the love that Jesus has for us. And so if you're standing there telling someone that they're wrong, I just don't think that's really an effective way. I remember one time I literally left a meeting <laughs> that I was meant to be at, but I was like, they're putting such a big emphasis on apologetics that I am actually quite uh, upset about this mm. and I'm just going to leave mm. because I don't think that this is what – a ministry should be focusing on. Why are we focusing on apologetic? Anyway, uh, that's a whole other thing that makes me angry dance. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I don't know if it's just like a big environment or like, yeah, how we get told, oh, win people over with the truth, sit down with them, show them all the scriptures. These are all the right scriptures you should know. And it's all about like teaching them how the Bible is true and how Jesus did die and rise again. Whereas I'm like, shouldn't the... Scriptures we be focusing on be love God with all your heart and love others as yourself? No, I don't think it is. Okay. But then that... Because when you say well, shouldn't that be what we focus on, mm-hmm. are you saying that, that then all the other scriptures don't need to be in our focus? I would argue that the scripture, that the entirety of it needs to be in our focus, at the centre of it, the foundation of all of it, if you look at what the greatest commandment is, is this idea of love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind and all your strength and love others as you love yourself. Mm-hmm. That's the very heart of all the foundation of the rest of it. That's like saying, why do we need to put like the whole building up? Why don't we just have a foundation? Can't we just live on a slab of concrete? It doesn't work <laughs> because you need the rest of it for that to stand on that concrete. I mean, that's a very Western mindset. The rest of the con- – <laughs> no, it doesn't matter. Okay, <laughs> the cave. Let's look at the cave, Jazz. Why do we need to have food on the fire? Why can't we just have a fire? Eventually you need to eat. <laughs> so the fire might be good for cooking the rest of the food, but eventually you need to eat. Okay. <laughs> Still a Western mindset? Well, look, there is a raw food movement. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, eventually you need to plant food. There's no point just having soil. <laughs> Agriculture versus foraging. Yeah, well, they're still in the soil, aren't they? <laughs> uh, um, do, do you understand what I'm saying? Though? Yeah, like, but what then I'm that saying feels is, what I'm saying, Jazz, is it's, it's funny. As soon as you said this to me, um, as soon as you made the statement, this scripture came to my mind because mm-hmm. you made the statement about apologetics and convinced them by the truth and da 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 da. Remember what Jesus said when he said, "I am the finish this statement. I am the." Way the truth and the lie. Okay, so if you actually look at it and now separate those three and say, actually, there's three methodologies in how we can demonstrate who Jesus is. Mm -hmm. You can show him by the way that you live. Mm -hmm. You can show him by the truth of the Word of God, Mm -hmm. or you can show him by the life that he brings. Mm -hmm. But then, like, I would look at that and go, okay, so the way you live, the truth is that he loves us. 
Yeah, of course that's the truth, Josh. It's not, but that's not the entirety of the truth. Okay. Otherwise, the rest of the Bible is a waste of time. Yeah, okay. And I think that's when we run into some serious danger is when we go, well, isn't the Bible just about loving, loving God and loving others? Yes, it's true. If that was all that was needed, then that's all that would be there. But the rest of it is there because we are absolutely hopeless as human beings, as a race of people. <laughs> and we have so many things that get in the way of our outworking of what that actually looks like. That's what, So if you look at the Old Testament, it's God saying, these are the laws of the world. When I made the world, mm-hmm. these are the laws. Now that you've already broken them, you need to abide by all of these things because that's mm-hmm. just the way of the world. That's the mm-hmm. way I created the universe, mm-hmm. whether you like it or not. Okay, mm-hmm. That's it. Otherwise, he has to wipe us all out and start again. Then you have the New Testament where Jesus comes in and he says, let me make this even simpler for you. Just live like me. Mm-hmm. So if you go, but didn't Jesus just love? Yes, Jesus did love, but Jesus also did miracles. So if we're to live entirely like Jesus lived, we need to live. We need to understand how he lived and we need to follow the way of the disciples. Mm-hmm. And so then you have this discipleship process that you see evident. You watch Jesus' life, then you see through the rest of the New Testament, what that discipleship looks like. That discipleship process in the rest of the New Testament lines up with the Old Testament. So it creates one narrative Mm -hmm. of this is the way you were always supposed to live. But... (laughs) Go. The Bible was put together by men. Yes, yeah. Like, I'm not debating the spiritual influence because I do believe Holy Spirit did... What's that, got to do, what's that got to do with anything, sorry? The Bible was put together by men? Well, it was a bunch of men who got together and were like, oh, we like these ones. And I know they followed, like, you know, standards and we're like, let's actually get, like, how... Yeah, I know there was a process. There was a relatively scientific method behind it. There needed to be a validity of, of an age of the scriptures. There needed to be enough original text. There but you're saying to be- scientific. And that, again, is, I think, a problem that I've seen with some people where everything is like, this is science, this is what we're meant to be doing, these are the facts, this is what's right. And like, I'm not saying that's wrong, but I'm just, well, maybe I am, because I'm just thinking, well, how do we actually have that conversation where we're saying, you're maybe you're right about this and maybe I'm right about this, but then, oh, I think maybe I've confused myself. Yeah, so, just you know, you're t- having that conversation, like you were saying before, like where you're, having that conversation that's going two ways, everyone's listening to each other, and then we get to that place where we're like, oh, yeah, you're right about this and I'm right about this. But then I'm kind of like, well, is is that like is that too much one way? But then you could go the other way where you're like, literally everything has to be down to like a science on how we decide all these things without giving that movement for listening to others. I don't understand. Okay, so like can we go too far one way? Can we actually get to the point where we're listening to everyone and saying, yeah, I understand where you're coming from and you're right, right, right about right, right, this. Right, right. Okay, so you're saying not everyone can be right about everything. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I absolutely agree with that. I'm not saying that all their information is right. I'm saying understand their perspective. Okay. Why do you believe what you believe? How have you come to this conclusion? Mm-hmm. How, has, how, have, how have you arrived at this place that you're at now where you're convinced that what you're saying is the absolute truth? Mm-hmm. I always get worried when people think they are the arbitrator of absolute truth. Mm-hmm. You are not. You don't hold absolute truth in your hand. We are too flawed as humans. Mm-hmm. Humanity is too flawed mm-hmm. to fully contain absolute truth. Mm-hmm. 
what we can do is we can have perspectives on what that truth is. And then when we can actually look at it and go, wait, I have jaded vision. For instance, you know how earlier you said, maybe my perspective of the reason why I struggle to listen to these people comes from my childhood. And you can look back and you can kind of go, wait, perhaps when I'm seeing that person speak and I'm getting upset or my buttons are being pushed, what it's actually doing is reminding me of something that has nothing to do with them. That wisdom that you just had by saying that and by sharing that actually is the revelation of truth. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily them and what they've said. In fact, I haven't even absorbed what they've said because I've got all of this historical connection mm-hmm. that's there. So you've distanced yourself from from the original truth that they were speaking about. Mm-hmm. So my, my whole thing is there's filters that people are looking at truth through mm-hmm. and help them see and understand and potentially remove some of those filters, mm-hmm. which ultimately only the Spirit of God can do. Mm-hmm. But you can't do that when you're just coming at them screaming with your fist shaking mm-hmm. in the air. You have to be willing to sit down and go, why do you believe what you believe? What of what you're saying? Maybe none of what you're saying is correct. What if what you're saying is correct and what do I need to learn from it? How do, and if I don't need to learn from any, anything, how can I now help you to be able to see things more clearly? Because as when I'm truly, truly sitting and understanding where you're at, I can help remove some of those filters for you to better see mm-hmm. what truth actually looks like. Mm-hmm. So then if we're going back to, oh my gosh, everyone's like sharing all these conspiracy theories. Um I guess I guess the question then is oh I don't know what the question is the question is. is how did they get there the question is not whether how can they be so dumb it's like great okay how did you get here I think the fact that you have had gone down this line of searching for truth already demonstrates your heart's desire is to seek truth so now we have a point of commonality we both want to seek truth yeah, but you're a left-leaning. No, no, forget all that for a moment. We both want to seek truth. Let's just sit down and try and seek truth together. You're not going to convince everyone to go down that journey. Mm-hmm. Do you know that when you're, I'm a bit further into this Bonhoeffer book than you, mm. but um, Diedrich Bonhoeffer and a lot of other people, when Adolf Hitler started to rise to power, straight away went, there's something wrong about this guy. Mm. Conspiracy theorists they were. Well, that's the other thing that I look at. I'm like, well, how do I know that ah, that they're not wrong? That's my point, Chaz. You don't until you're willing to sit down and have the conversation. But I do know and because learn. scripture doesn't support it. Yeah, but like I'm not talking about the specific issue that you're okay, talking about yeah. here. I'm talking about that, that question there is, is so powerful. What if I'm wrong about this? And when you can start from a position saying, what if I'm wrong about this? you're willing to sit down and have a conversation with someone that's authentic and genuine. Now, when you're saying, but I'm not wrong, you've (laughs) shut yourself down. You've actually (laughs) closed yourself away from what truth actually (laughs) is as well. There's things that are infallible truths, like for for me, which is that Christ is who he says he is. (laughs) That's purely based on faith. I can understand how somebody would look at that and say, yeah, but that's not actual truth. (laughs) Like I can get your perspective. (laughs) And then I can actually often help people understand how they're operating in a sphere of faith no matter what they do. Mm -hmm. Every single day we operate with faith, all of us. There's so many examples of it. So, But when I can sit down and I can listen and I can hear, we can stand on a common ground because I'm more interested in being able to draw people closer to who God is, who's a God who listens, who's a God who hears. 
who's a God who wants to call people unto him. Remember, even since the days of Israel, right? So the days before Israel, the days of, of the Jews walking around in, in Canaan, in the, in the desert before Canaan. In fact, if you look at it, God called the Hebrew people a nation of priests. So right from the early days, the idea was, I want you to be a nation of priests that calls all people unto me. Mm-hmm. The same is true with us. Mm-hmm. You're a priest. You are meant to call people unto God, mm-hmm. whether that be through the, the, the times that you're going to the faith vigils on a Sunday afternoon, standing and advocating for the rights of refugees, or whether that be the times that you're sitting down with somebody who honestly believes that Joe Biden is the devil and that <laughs> Donald Trump was nothing short of a messiah. Either way, those times are both trying to draw people unto God. Mm. Be a priest, be a representative, be an ambassador for who Christ is. That's that's my perspective on yeah. it. Yeah. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah. I guess like when I think about it, I cuz I like I said at the start like I used to love like the whole oh, did we actually land on the moon or not kind of conspiracy theories. But the reason why I never like really got sucked down into all because I had a friend for one like for a few months who was like literally sending me all the links to all of the conspiracy theories they were finding uh, yeah. just because they're like this is really interesting I know you enjoy this stuff here's like a whole bunch of like videos and all this stuff and I was like reading them but I realized oh I never really got sucked into it because I guess I realized my faith and what I believe that Jesus came he died on the cross I've I've accepted him as my savior I repented of my sins and accepted him as my savior and now I live a life that's pursuing him. That doesn't change whether one person is the antichrist or not. That doesn't change whether I mm. have a COVID right. vaccine that's right, actually right, 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 right. well, I don't know, maybe that's actually that's a little bit different. But you know, my my faith in Jesus and what I believe will be my eternity doesn't change dependent on oh, there's a war about to start, sure. there's climate change. Like sure. you know, it does it doesn't change. And I guess like Maybe that's what concerns me as well. I'm seeing people who are like changing their whole lives to suit this one thing. And I'm like, no, we're not actually like your faith should be the same, whichever way it goes. Yeah, that's a good point. The truth or the, or whatever the truth is, our faith should always be the same. Yeah, that's true. I think that's a really good point is that your faith needs to remain consistent regardless of the external circumstances that you're in. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Which I think is a really beautiful place for us to land today. You know, one of the things that I think is really important, and you, you mentioned you mentioned the scriptures and the foundational scripture that I, I think is a foundational scripture, mm-hmm. which is love the Lord your God and love others as you love yourself. I think what I really want to reinforce today, if I could land it here, is this idea that actually we we need to spend more time in what the Word of God says. Mm. If you spend all your time in the Word of God without His Holy Spirit, you've got an empty cup. If you spend all the time in the Holy Spirit and no time in the Word of God, you've got trickles of water going over you, but they dry up very quickly. When you combine the two together and you're spending adequate time in his word, when you're meditating on it, you're opening yourself up more. But When you're spending adequate time in the word and you're including the Holy Spirit in that, you have a cup that's filled to overflowing. Mm-hmm. And, and if you were to, to, to look at it, you could, I could misquote a scripture, but I think it's the same concept, which is the, the idea of it just being this pressed down, you know, over the top, filled up, over, mm-hmm. you know, that's in relation to a giving structure, whatever. But either way, I think this concept or the idea of give yourself some time in the Word of God, allow the Holy Spirit to be the counsellor. I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit is great for wisdom. Mm. 
even if you've fallen down the rabbit warren, if you're not sure whether you've fallen down that rabbit warren of conspiracy theories, ask yourself the question, what if the other side's telling the truth? What if, there's a, what, if there's, what if I've missed the mark? What if I'm wrong? Be willing to be wrong. I'd rather be wrong on something and hear the Spirit of God than think that I'm right on something and miss what God is doing. Mm. So I think that's, for me, where I want to kind of land this mm. idea. I'm going to give you an opportunity to say any last words that you want. But for me, the Word of God is foundational for us. It's not just the foundation. It's the whole house. It's the whole lot. And I want that all filled with the Spirit of God so that I can genuinely wherever i am whether i'm in a refugee camp whether i'm doing missions in in africa whether i'm wherever i am whether i'm ministering to somebody who's had an abortion thinking about having an abortion and not having it whatever the situation is i want to make sure the spirit of god can be present there Mm. and i can do that by being a good container for the holy spirit Mm. and i do that by being a good representative by being a good priest for him Mm -hmm. does does that make sense yeah I think that's, for me, mm-hmm. where I want to land this idea of conspiracy theories. Do I think we should get caught in conspiracy theories? Not not really. Do I, can, can I see how it happens? Yeah, I can. Do I enjoy a good conspiracy theory? Absolutely. <laughs> do I let it determine how I do or do not live my life? Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes I think we all do. Mm. Otherwise, we wouldn't make changes based on what we think is happening mm-hmm to the environment or what we think is not happening to the environment. Mm -hmm. So I think it's important that we do make some adequate changes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's like really challenging and even what I was saying before, like with, well, our faith is consistent regardless of the outside forces that might influence it. But then also if our faith and our love for God is consistent in it and then the second commandment he gives us is that to love others as we love ourselves – then that means that we should also love every, anyone and everyone despite anything. Maybe it is someone who's committed brutality against a minority group or maybe it is a politician who's established yeah. laws that literally contravene both the Bible and international treaties. Or maybe it's that person that spoke really mean to us. Like or looked our, the wrong way at us. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> like our love for them is meant to stay consistent as well, no matter what package they come in which is really challenging for me at the moment with a lot of people who I feel like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> that was really awful or mean or just rude or whatever what you said and I don't want to love you and I have mm. to. Well, in fact, you could say that if you can't love your enemies, then you don't understand the love of God. Mm. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't get her angry enough, but she did sort of dance before. <laughs> but she's not dancing now. Come on, Jazz. I know you've been doing dance. Give us a little something. <laughs> I don't like being told what to do. That's we'll work true. on that next time. <laughs> well, thanks for joining us for Lunch Out Loud today. We've had a, a fantastic conversation. I'm not entirely sure we stayed on topic today, but it was still really enjoyable. Hope you guys got something out of it. Don't forget you can download all of our other podcasts that we have here as well, whether it be the Three Deep show that... Jazz, you started listening to it. I did. Yeah, good. Enjoying it. Whether it be three deep or we're going to have our, some more messages coming up on here soon. Got a couple of other ideas that are brewing away in this brain of mine for some more podcasting and some special guests on in the not too distant future. Thanks again for joining us, guys. We'll see you next time. Bye, everyone. Bye.